you are just in time for another episode of the For Crits and Giggles podcast. I am Kieran Bennett, your dungeon master for this tale, and your brave heroes this evening are Sam Clark. Hi. Hannah Calvert. Hey there. Aguila Newman. Hello. And Nick Chong. Yo. Uh, yeah, so we are for Crits and Giggles. We're a 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons real play podcast. We play D&D, we record it, then you listen to it, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, so, Nick, would you mind reminding yeah. me and everyone else, what happened last week? Not a problem. So, taking some much-deserved rest after saving the Palace of Fernshire, but still reeling from the loss of Orister the Plucky, to Bazgalov's clutches, our heroes found themselves visited by Targan, eagle advisor to King Forseth Dunwich of Fernshire. Our heroes were understandably suspicious, having a clear memory of Targan being the one who forced them to steal the Eye of Kulthaya and pass it over to Bazgalov. Targan was not there for evil purposes, however, and instead pleaded with our heroes to help him save the city. Targan explained that he believed a tiefling group known as the Golden Blade, were planning an attack on the visiting lords that would be arriving in the city over the next few days. Our heroes protested, considering Orister to be far more important, but promised Targan to at least consider his plea when he left. Things were further complicated, however, by the arrival of Biddledump, who agreed with Targan that A, some form of plot was afoot, and that B, Fergus Ferguson was indeed missing. Now concerned three ways, Mordai and Anya are heading into the city to track down Frindolin the Ginger for information on the Golden Blade, while Poe, Mithras, and Biddledump return to the palace in search of Fergus Ferguson. And now, for the next episode of Ukrits and Giggles. <clears throat> uh, okay, so... Oh, shit, I actually meant to ask this before, but uh, would you guys be at all upset if we just kind of, like, jump straight into it rather than being like, okay, so now you're in your house. Uh, would you like to talk about what you're about to do for the next 15 minutes? No, um, yeah, it's we, fine. No, we jump in. Plenty Always last. jump in. Get into it. Okay. All right, so uh, firstly, we're, uh, we're going to go and join um, uh, Mithras and Poe. So you guys are currently in uh, the Fernshire Palace. Uh, you've been wandering around kind of looking for any sign of uh, Fergus Ferguson. And uh, we, we join you now as you are talking to someone, trying to extract a little bit of information out of them uh, about Fergus Ferguson. Um, Poe, who is this person? Where were the other drugs going? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me or I'll drop you. Um, this yeah, person. So who, who, who is this person? Who is this person, and why do you think they have information about Fergus Ferguson? Well, honestly, the, the, this guy is just absolutely uh, fortuitous. We we were walking down to the city with great purpose to go find Fergus, but I don't think either of us knew exactly where we were going. Though my roguish friend, um, keen are his senses, noticed that a small hooded figure. Could be a child, could be a gnome. Um, was kind of darting back and forth uh, between the the alleyways, and and he, well, he thought uh, Mithras thought that the, they were following us. So we laid a trap. Um, I, rotund and easily noticeable, um, 
kept striding through the alleys while Mithras um, snuck off into the dark uh, to, to pull his own roguish tricks. And then um, just as, as the hooded figure was creeping up on, on me, um, Mithras went to kill him, so I had to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> we, we obviously didn't quite hash out the plan properly, and Mithras was like this close to, to just chopping his head off, so or stabbing him through the neck, actually. But, um, mm-hmm. but we stopped him, Good and call. so now we're talking to him. Okay, uh, Mithras. Yes. Uh, what, what, is, what is this guy's name, and why is the conversation not going so well? His name is Mark. <laughs> Mark. In a world of fantasy, drun dungeons, dragons, elves, and gnomes, we come across Mark. <laughs> not what you would expect, isn't it? No, no, it, it's actually more creative because it's not what you'd expect. That's right. It's actually short for Marcolius. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Markolopolis. Stenophilus the third <laughs> and it's not going well because well he just doesn't want to talk we know he's hiding something from us this this creepy creature who's been following us fiendish mark yeah that's right <laughs> mark the fiend <laughs> and um he's not budging okay yeah Hey, stop poking me, you great elvish lump. I'm not telling you nothing. Oh, uh, so I kind of... Mithras, I feel like you're a better interrogator than me. <laughs> yeah, so I grab him by his, his collar and kind of shove him against oh. the wall. When, hey, what are you doing? In my best Batman voice, why are you following us? <laughs> I wasn't following you. I was just dodging in between the alleyways. And he, he pulls his his hood down and he's got really pale skin and he's like, I would have just trained to stay out with the sun. Hmm. Um, uh, Poe steps in and, and, and pushes Mithras away. He's like, hey, hey, leave, leave him be, leave him be. <laughs> oh shit, bad cop, good cop. Good cop, bad cop. It, no, 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 don't tell him, don't tell him. He doesn't know yet. <laughs> Mark, Mark, we can, we can be your friends. We, we're not, we, we're, we're not looking to hurt you or anything. We just are looking for our friend and, we thought maybe you could help us. Bullshit! He's a uh, spy. Make a, We're gonna kill him. Make it. Make a. Make a persuasion check. Persuasion. Oh, critical failure. That's a. That's a natural one, team. That's a natural one. Looks like the bad cops coming back. <laughs> Friends. I don't need any friends in my line of work, thank you very much. You you and your elvish consort can go and jog off. Oh, shit. Such language. Oh, my gosh. All right, so I kind Mark's, of... Mark starts to, like, str- try and, like, struggle out of Mithras's hands. No, I kind of shove Poe aside and... Oh, mocks kind of pin. like falling. <laughs> <laughs> and pins this creature, this mark, against the wall. And I bring out my freshly sharpened dagger and, and say, This dagger hasn't tasted blood in a very long time, my friend. <laughs> Have you seen Fergus Ferguson anywhere? 
You sound an awful lot like him. <laughs> Make an intimidation check. <laughs> an intimidation check. Okay, where is intimidation? There it is. Paul All right. Back with a glass of water. Are you thirsty? You look thirsty. <laughs> we can help each other out. Uh, Eleven plus two is thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, Mark eyes the the dagger sort of a little a little bit warily, and, and he goes, "Hey, all right, all right. There's no need for for violence or, or nothing here. I uh, I I I might I might have seen Ferguson. I, I saw him up at the at the palace, and he, and he were he were talking to to, uh, to to Quinton yesterday, one of the servants in the in the palace, and and he he were talking to him about something that made Fergus mighty concerned. Mm. Um, Poe mocks like a big theatrical push, but it doesn't have much force in it. He's like, "Cool off, Mitter." Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Poe uh, smiles and gives a little bow to uh, to Mark, and he says, um. See that—that's all we're asking for. Just a, a little, uh, a few answers. Quid pro quo, as they say in uh, in Kinha, where I'm from. You scratchy, scratchy, we scratchy, scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a translation thing. Yeah, I don't, don't think it quite um, it quite translates. Um, this. Uh, what, what did you say his name was? Uh, Quint Quinton. Quinton. Qu- Quinton. What, what what was Quinton saying to? Um, to Fergus. I I I want food food fifteen. For for like a persuasion. Yeah. I Quinton were were telling him something about I I were quite far away I, I you know I didn't want to get too close I'm I'm not that sort of sort of a person I, he was tell he were telling him something about. Some sort of sort of of I uh, and he and he thinks like real real sort of hard and scratches his his uh, sort of dandruffy head and he goes uh, something about a a, 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 sh- a shiny blade or or a or a or a silver dagger or, or uh, perhaps some, a, a golden blade. Like, Aye, that that were the one the the, the golden blades. He were telling him something about that. Oh, you have a fantastic memory. Mm. You're so well, handsome. You. Uh, what what is Mark? Is he a child or a? a I don't think he's you're elaborated. Very handsome child. Uh, he's he's a, he's a gnome. He's a gnome. He's oh, a, gnome. a, a twelve-year-old gnome. He's a very handsome gnome. He's a forty-six-year-old gnome, but he looks like he's twelve. It's <laughs> rather unfortunate. He's very pale, and he has dandruff. And what, Good what was he saying about the golden blade? It's very important so that we can find our friend. I, I, I don't know, sorry. I, I, I weren't I weren't close enough, and I have so much dandruff that you know my ears are not quite what they used to be. I'm barely hearing what you're saying right now. Well, do you well, know maybe I could clear those to... out. I kind of... uh, no no no. It's it's, it's fine. I, I don't I don't want your hands anywhere near my my ears. Talking about my dagger, bro. But okay. Ah uh, no no. <laughs> quite fine, thank no, you. No, thank you. Um, uh, no. <laughs> do you know where we can find these these golden blades? Oh no, 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 no! I I wouldn't know nothing about where you could find them. Dangerous people that they are. I feel like maybe you're not telling us all of the truth. 
I think I'm just going to step out for a little bit. <laughs> I, I, no, 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 no. I, I swear, I swear. Boy. takes a couple no, of steps to the side. No, come yeah. back, come back, come back. I don't want to talk to your friend and his creepy blade. No, come okay. back. But, but Poe uh, relents and, and shuffles back, back towards him. Yeah. Um, he says, okay, did, did I hear you something, say something about where they, where they were hiding? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm sorry. You, you, you creepy. <laughs> I don't know where they are. I don't know where they are. <laughs> you, but why don't you go and talk to Quentin? I gave you his fucking name. Go talk to him instead. Stop bothering me. In the background, Mithras I'm... is just sharpening this blade like you can hear shh. Oh my gosh. Oh my... <laughs> I have Quentin a horribly starts... low intelligence score. These, these things take me a while to figure out, but thank you very much Quentin, for helping. Quentin starts um, crying uh... a little bit. Oh my god. Oh so my we're, we're, god. We're T-Trex Quentin running then? down to his dandruffy cheeks. <laughs> Mithras. Where is Quentin? <laughs> a Quint- Quentin works in the kitchens in the in the palace. He's, he's, he's one of... Only a few tieflings working in the Fernshire Palace. You, you can't miss him. He's a tiefling. Interesting. <laughs> also, terrible storytelling. We just came from the palace. Now we have to walk back up there, but side note. <laughs> no, it's not like I actually have to walk anywhere, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the mental effort, it's going to be too much for you. <laughs> um, but Poe reaches a very ginger hand towards uh, Mark. Oh my god, no. Pats him on his little gnome head and says thank you. (laughs) Bows and then then starts walking up towards the palace. Uh, Mark flees. Flees (laughs) the scene. Uh, You you have dandruff all over your hand. (laughs) Mithras follows suit. All right, so we will uh, we will then cross over to another portion of the city uh, on the northern side, where uh, Anya and Mordai are headed <laughs> to uh, the Broken Fiddle, where, according to Targan, they can find Frindolin the Ginger, uh, and he will be able to provide them with some information about the Golden Blade. As you're walking through the city, uh, Mordai, since it's just the two of you now, you finally feel, yes, now is the time that I can ask Anya that question that I have always wanted to ask her. What is that question? So do you, like, shave your beard, or...? <laughs> I near. <laughs> um, yes, although lately I've been thinking of letting it grow out a bit more. You really should. I think it will complement the uh, the hair beautifully. Yeah. It's not so much an aesthetic thing for dwarves. Um, it's beards are sort of a link to your past and your and your present, I guess, and your family and your clan and where you're from and who you are. So there's, I have to say, there's a couple of reasons lately why I haven't been wearing my beard, but I'm starting to think might be a good time to let it grow. Maybe we'll all join you. Yeah! Beards you have team name? The Beards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. So what do you think Friendly Ginger looks like? 
I'm guessing he's black. Yeah, that's what I was feeling as well. <laughs> oh, do you think I should... So do you think I should disguise myself as a tiefling? Well, we're not even... Or do you want I to mean... go in? Should we go in separately and try and work the room? Well, we're just you going go to a bar, tiefling. right? You know, we don't want yeah. Mm, we could go on separately. No, we could do that because you should be a tiefling, and then we can like act like we want to join the Golden Blades or something. Yeah. Maybe. Is Rindalind a tiefling? Do we know? He's a ginger. <laughs> the ginger tiefling. It's a whole other race. <laughs> uh, make an intelligence check. Right. Fifteen. Fifteen total. Uh, you have heard word of Frindolin the Ginger, um, like you know of his, his of his existence mm-hmm. uh, as like a powerful sort of crime lord, I guess oh, okay. in so in Fernshire. A baddie. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a, it's like a mob boss type sort of deal, um, uh, but you don't actually know uh, what he looks like or like what race he is or mm. really anything about him, uh, other than you assume he would be a ginger. Uh, Targan wanted us to go talk to Frindeland because he knew oh. about the Golden Blades, or yeah, because he thought that he would have that he might have some information about where the Golden Blades were and like what they were kind of planning. And we heard that that tavern was also where the Golden Blades hang out. No, it's where you heard that Frindeland the Ginger was. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, so we don't necessarily or know that is place. rather. So if you both go as okay. tieflings and make out as if you want to like join the Golden Blade. Maybe we'll just make it out. <laughs> um, okay. Yep. So, mm-hmm. how close are we? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so we, you just travel... before we get to the tavern, I duck into like a dark area and transform into a, a tiefling. Color. Fair enough. What color are your horns? What color is your skin? How long Purple. is your tail? It shouldn't matter what the color of your skin is, just for the record. Okay. I can be a female tiefling, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Cool. I'm a female tiefling. Do you think tieflings like you know oh, do the whole me. like, you know? Well, people have this this idea about dwarves. Some people don't even know if there's female dwarves. So I think I'm allowed to not know whether there's female tieflings. Uh, okay, so you travel through the city past the usual smorgasbord of shops, stores, and merchants. Uh, as you travel further into the city, however, the number of open shops incre- increases, as does the number of uh, windows with bars on them and rough-looking gentlemen outside of said windows. You do also notice that many shops that sell weapons, armor, grains, uh, supplies that you would uh, imagine would be quite plentiful in Fernshire, do have a larger-than-usual city guard presence, as though they're expecting some kind of trouble outside these particular shops. Uh, The shops then eventually seem to transition the further uh, north into the city you go, the closer you get to the uh, main sort of port kind of areas of uh, Fernshire. And the reputability of the wares and the proprietors starts to drop as the number of sort of flickering multicolored lanterns increases. You eventually head down an alleyway, seedy enough to start sprouting, and come to a wooden door inlaid with thick 
iron bands. Above the door is a wooden sign with a crude drawing of a fiddle, and next to it, sitting on an equally as thick barrel, is a just as thick again man with a shaved head and arms not unlike the barrel he's sitting on. A tight, sleeveless jerkin covers his body, and a scowl covers his face. He is shivering slightly. So much flavor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spicy. Thick as in dumb or thick as in... He's like a big dude. Yo, like a big... Thick. thick as in T-H-I-C-C. KK, actually. No, nah, thick, thick, thick as in like he's got big thighs, big ass, and you're just like, I want to fuck That's that. T-H-Y-K-K. That T-H-I-C-C. It's a dog. got really big tits too. <laughs> She's actually just like a big, big Colombian woman. Nick, you you sickened into that Frangelico again. And mm. in, in like mm. cold way or a I'm scared way. Oh, sorry. In, 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 a, in a cold way. He would have no reason to fear you. He's a oh, he's really big dude. Like... Okay, I see. Yeah. Hello, friend. I didn't know how two things talk to each other. Oh, wait, he's not a two. You say, greetings, oh, human. So that's how we address people in this world. Good afternoon, sirs and ma'am. What can I do for you today? Sirs. Oh, sorry, I thought there was two of you. And he reaches into his jerkin and pulls out a pair of spectacles oh. and puts them on the end of his nose. <laughs> How are you this fine evening, sir? Oh, you know, a little bit little bit cold, but overall can't complain, can't complain. Do I'm afraid if you're being going to be wanting entrance into the broken fiddle this evening, then you're going to be th- out of luck. Why is that? Because it's closed. Yeah. All but the most discerning of customers. Uh, um, you don't look like very discerning customers to me. I would make us look more discerning. Couple of couple of Benjamins are they? Are they particularly discerning? <laughs> Benjis. I don't know what a Benjamin is. Is it like a five or a ten or like? It's a one. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a one. <laughs> it's a two dollar bill. You slip him two copper pieces. Oh, yes. thanks. <laughs> Very quick side, side note, and this might be mm. some interesting background for our listeners. Do cities have uh, unit currency, or is it kind of like a universal thing? Credits. Uh, there is a unit. There is a universal bank down in Cranoth, which is the biggest city in the south of Cantilia, uh, and it it pretty much governs all finance throughout basically the entire world um oh, well uh, under a standard sort of uh copper silver gold uh, currency system uh, and no one no one really tries to screw with it because if you try and screw with it you're screwing with Cranoth and they will come down on you very hard but also commonly referred to as benjis <laughs> uh, yeah 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 cover co- 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 covers the benjis covers the benjis so you, you slip him two copper pieces. Thank you, sir. This is much appreciated, but does not exactly improve your standing. Is the bar always... Is the tavern always closed? Like... Like, to normal customers? Or is it always invite only? He stares at you. Of Ooh. course not. It's a bar. It has to open at some point. Then why is it closed tonight? To, uh... Sorry, you go. <laughs> Why is it closed tonight specifically? It's the middle of the day. 
Ah. <laughs> That's what the sun was doing in the sky. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a really bright night tonight. That's weird. Is Friendland inside by any chance? Because he's who we're wanting to see. Uh, <clears throat> he, he sort of folds his, his arms in front of him and he goes... I am not at liberty to discuss the presence of any Frindolin the Gingers in this establishment, and if enough I were at liberty to discuss these developments with characters such as you, I would not. What if we said we wanted to join the Golden Blades? I would look at you very askance, sir, because such actions could not be tolerated by civilized society. And um, what I wipes the spit off his face. <laughs> Good thing we don't want to join there. <laughs> he, 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 he shivers again. Right. If you don't have any further questions... Can I ask? Then... Are you, are you yes. cold? Good lord, yes. You don't have a jacket or I'm a I'm wearing a sleeveless jerkin. Dear. They don't provide you with, like, a blanket or anything when it's cold out? No. No, That's... they do not. Are you part of a union? They should. <laughs> <laughs> no, the engineer who works on the... Mechanic who works on the gondola keeps trying to get me to join the union and wear this funny hat, but... He doesn't seem like a trustworthy type. No. But blankets seem to be common sense. I mean, if, if the people that are supposed to be guarding your establishment are cold, they're not going to be concentrating as well as they should be. They'll be too focused you on You make culture. many of the same points that I have. Have yeah. you also stood outside in a cold, dark alley and guarded the doorway to a sensible establishment such as this one? I have. I have many a night. In fact, we are kindred spirits. We are. In fact, in my bag here, I have a blanket. Anya whips out the blanket and offers it to him. What kind of blanket is it? It's a very... It's the ones we got from. What's her face? What's his face? I mean... The moustache guy? Was it? Whoever gave us blankets. You know the one. Hum Did you guys get blankets? Humphrey? I didn't get a blanket. Humphrey? That might be it. Humphrey. Yeah, it was, just, it was this whole thing that we did, like, when you went here, we all got blankets. It was, it was well, a good time. They're standard adventure blankets, so they're not pretty, but they're very hardy and warm, and I offer it to him saying, well, I, I imagine that you will someday convince them to let you have a blanket, but for now, here, borrow mine, and I'll see if I can talk to him while we're trying to talk to him. Thank you blanket. ever so much. You are very generous with your blanket. And he and he takes the blanket, wipes his face, because uh, it's obviously covered in spit, and then pops it around his, his uh, shoulders. I struggle, <laughs> struggle with that one. That's what those body parts are <laughs> ah, that's right. His knees? <clears throat> uh, yeah, so he, so he, so he, puts, the, he puts the blanket around his, his, his shoulders, and he goes... Well, this blanket is very snug, and should I wish to maybe turn away and enjoy its 
warmth, then perhaps some unsavory types may make their way through the door. But uh, I wouldn't know anything about that, would I? No, no, I don't think you would. Exactly. And he uh, he he turns away, and he's and he's just kind of like wrapping himself up like a little woolen burrito. Burrito? Oh, cute. <laughs> Anya sort of sneaks open the door and sort of slides in sideways, pretending, yeah. of course, that he can't see her. Morde follows her and goes, "Thanks, dude!" Really loudly as he walks past. <laughs> When you enter, you find yourself in a small, cold stone room that smells like damp rot, lit by two sad-looking torches. A dark, steep stone staircase leads downwards. Oh, this tavern sounds very welcoming. <laughs> the screams of the dying echo. <laughs> Suppose we go down the stairs. Seems like the only uh, advancing path here. As you head downwards, you oddly enough begin to feel warmer, and the smell of baking bread reaches your nostrils, accompanied by the subtle aroma of what can only be some sort of brown fantasy stew filled with meat. (laughs) With fantasy meat. Fantasy meat. When you reach the bottom, you come out into an opulent reception room. Thick, lush red carpet lines the floor and extends through a flowery arch opposite you, beyond which is one of the classiest restaurants you've ever seen. To your left on the wall is a landscape painting of Rorvale to the west, and to your right is a slick-looking polished oak desk. Behind the desk is a tall, spectacled man with a slight comb-over, a nose with a permanent pinch mark on it. Uh, oh, I appear to have crossed that out. Uh, he peers at you, not using the glasses, but rather going straight over the glasses. And he goes, uh, Bonjour, sir. Uh, bonjour, madame. Uh, is that a uh, table for two? Oui. Uh, oui. <laughs> <laughs> uh, madame does not see particularly sure. Does madame have a reservation? Um, we were actually hoping to talk to the proprietor. Is he around? Uh, Madame the proprietor, he is, uh, I would say, uh, right in front of you. <laughs> is is a joke. I am the proprietor. Friendly. Sir is too kind. Sir is too kind. Are you a friendly? Ah, no, Madame, I am not friendly. Friendly is a, uh, you say, a criminal. He engages in the unsavory activities, you know. Um, and also oh, the fact that it's not a flaming ring, it probably gives that away as well. <laughs> I thought it might be ironic. Yeah, um, while this conversation is happening, Mordai does a quick scan for a guy that's obviously ginger. <laughs> uh, you, He's you, actually got you, hair you, black as night. <laughs> <laughs> you do not see anyone who is uh, ginger. Uh, the, the, the. I'm just gonna say waiter. The the waiter comes out from behind the uh, the, the desk and he sort of does a a, a slight bow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's my people. That's my people. <laughs> uh, and and he uh, sort of places one one hand on his on his chest and he goes. Uh, Sir, madame, I am Jean-Lou. I am the maitre d' for the broken fidel. If you would care to follow me, I can take you to your table. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Ah, uh, not at all. And as he as he takes you through, he says, Ah, so so what brings you to the Burkhan Fidel tonight? Uh, most people conduct their business here. So uh, are you uh, are you say? Uh, and then he sort of he gets one finger, and then he makes like a ring with the other <laughs> hand, and he just kind of like, you know, are you say? Are the two of you? Are you uh, you know? No, no. Um, well, many uh, so I understand you are trying to. Uh, say, <laughs> you are trying to. How you say, uh, woo the woman. Are you talking to me? He, 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 no, he, 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 he winks knowingly at Mordai. It's like Mordai, not really obvious. understanding what's happening. Winks back. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good, sir. Uh, here is your table. And he, uh, he sort of gestures like a nice, classy looking. Uh, classy looking booth are we in the middle of the room or like on the side or oh you just kind of like uh back a little bit and like to the side uh you can sort of see like uh maybe like across the room you can see like a sort of open bit and behind it you can see like a kitchen and there's like some some elves and some humans and like some gnomes all sort of busily cooking away you know next to each other and there's you know there's a lot of activity going on there's like there's some people in the restaurant as well um you know like people eating and laughing and there's a there's a guy like crying into his cups over a breakup and you know, it's a pretty busy place okay um you think we could have the wine list please actually no the beer list do you have a house beer of course madame and he reaches into his coat and pulls out a beer list and he passes it to you and he says as the special for this evening sirs and madame is a sick onion broth comprised of onions and stewed onions served <laughs> with a trencher of bread uh, please do not ask what a trencher of bread is but feel free to cover it with onions <laughs> accompanying this is a brand fantasy genre stew that is filled with some sort of meat more onions and no flavor paired with what I assume is ale and served on the wooden dishes and eaten only with a dagger as a fork is yet to be invented <laughs> and, he, and then one is away Anya quickly skims the beer list. There's some good shit here. It's pretty fancy. Like, you know, as a, as a dwarf and a consumer of many beers, you are impressed by the extensive nature of the uh, of the beer list. So what are you going to order? Order? <laughs> <laughs> Let's have lunch. <laughs> lunch time. So the guy, the waiter's still there, like right next to us. Uh, no, no, he's 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 wandered away to give you a few minutes. He's a, he's you know he's he's a good waiter. He knows what he's doing. Right. Okay. So Anya, did you did you read his mind? No, I was just thinking about doing that actually, and reading various people in here to see if anyone knows anything or is it's Grindelwald. Oh wait, Grindelwald. Okay, Anya pulls up the menu to her nose to sort of hide her face while she's doing it. <laughs> Um, like two and then, yeah, <laughs> right in front of her face. Um, and then casts uh, what's it called? Detect thoughts. And she wants to sort of search the general area, like the surface thoughts, like jumping from one mm -hmm. person to the next, to see if she can learn any information about where Frindeland might be at the moment. In particular, okay. looking for Frindeland. She can okay. detect vampire thoughts. Okay, you do 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 with your detect thoughts, and you sort of around the room, um, and you—I mean—you were just kind of did picking up service thoughts. So it's it's a it's a wash 
mm. it's a wash of information um but you you you, you actually managed to, to to sift out of all of that um you know there are there are some people who who are almost sure that they heard you say Frindolin the ginger before and they're sort of like oh man like Frindolin's not going to be happy and they're a little bit worried about that but you know a wash in all of this you know you, you also pick up some people going like oh like why is she asking that like that's that's really random anyway back to dinner and then you know you pick up uh, you know the, the guy who's crying into his cups you know you pick up a lot of sadness from <laughs> there <Frindolin>. obviously <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, Jean-Lou uh, comes back and he says uh, sir and madame Perhaps you would care for a, uh, how you say, a private dining experience this uh, this afternoon. Uh, Mordai, not really understanding what's happening. There's a big old wig to the waiter again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good, sir. And he does another like huge <laughs> wink at Mordai. Mordai just like looks really happy with himself. <laughs> I am interacting. <laughs> okay, Anya says, "Okay, sure, why not?" Because. Yeah, she hasn't gleaned anything from this area of the heaven. All right, so uh, Jean Lou takes you. Uh, but she's also upstairs. slightly suspicious at such good treatment when they didn't have a reservation. So he takes you uh, sort of like to near where the kitchen is, and then sort of opens up like a, a nice sort of red carved door, uh, and you go up a steep red staircase, uh, and you get to an ornate wooden door carved with. Uh, sorry. The red. Of course it is. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you come to this ornate uh, wooden door carved with Kinharian patterns. Uh, and, uh, Try it time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, he, and, he open, and he opens the, uh, Jean-Louis opens the door and uh, more flavor text here for you. Uh, you find yourself in a traditional Kinharian dining room. The floor is sunken in and the walls are covered in priceless tapestries. Delicate screens on runners appear to be able to divide the room into a variety of combinations. It appears to be currently arranged with a small private room directly in front of you. To your left and right behind the screens is the rest of the room. A single place has been set at the crouching table in the middle of the floor. There is no food. Oh, crouching table. There's a whole bunch of old Kinharian women playing <laughs> Jamong in the corner. <laughs> Jamong. <laughs> Jamong. <laughs> totally unique game. <laughs> yeah. No real world basis whatsoever. No real idea. Not did not steal. Anya sort of looks around and then hesitantly goes forward and sits in the next to the table. What uh, I does the same. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Jean Lou still standing at the at the at the door says, uh, "Sir and Madame, uh, thank you so much for dining with us this evening." And then he slams the door oh, behind dear. him, and you hear him lock the door. Oh, oh no! Anything? Did I wake it? What's okay. gonna happen next? Guess we'll have to find out next week. <gasps> what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that yes, I mean that that's that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna call it this week, uh, everyone. Cliffhangers, cliffhangers. <laughs> that's what we're all about. Uh, so yeah, so I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, you know, very much, very much. a bit of a, you know, don't everyone say any everything at once. I mean, you know, <laughs> stay alone. You guys are fucking blowing my head off here. 
Yay! Thank you, Nick, for your fit. Loud noises! Words. I love lamb! <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, so thank you so much, everyone, for joining us uh, this evening for another installment of For Crits and Giggles. Uh, we are on Twitter, and if you would like to talk us talk to us there, we are at For CNG Podcast. I am at Mr K <laughs> underscore Bennett. If you would like to talk to me, um, you can also find us on Facebook. We are For Crits and Giggles, uh, and you can be one of our first ten fans on Facebook because we have. Very few. Um, or you can also find us on iTunes, where you can leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, they are an excellent, excellent way to uh, help the show if you like it, uh, or uh, shit on the show if you hate it. Um, they're also a really good way to get in touch with us uh, and let us know what you think of the show. And we always, always really, really like to hear from people. So uh, go give us those reviews. You know, go go get them. Put them put them in there. Um, you know, make us. make... <laughs> no, I mean don't 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 shit on us because that, that I mean it, it would be nice to hear from some people, but it would also make us uh, very sad. Constructive um, feedback. Whole podcast constructive constructive feedback. You know, uh, make it like one of my mini school reports. Uh, you know, has potential. Uh, could try harder. Um, <laughs> is distracted easily by others. Um, you know, that that, that that's, that sort of things needs to stop peeing himself uh, so so much. Um, Year twelve was a difficult time. <laughs> <clears throat> so before we before we love you and leave you uh, this week, uh, we are now going to join Sam for this week's lore of the week. Take it away, Sam. I have a little fable for you this week, listeners. Welcome to NPR. This is the God Podcast. Um, <laughs> so th- this is a, no, a keep doing goddess. It like that. Uh, this is a goddess you may have uh, heard already, a name that has been bandied around uh, the land of Ianus quite a bit. Uh, this is Iptar, goddess of cities and empires. You'll notice her fist from our adventures in, uh, in Fernshire. Now, the story of Iptar's origin is that a, a long, long time ago, um, a fisherman, much like one of the fishermen's you, you'll be familiar with, uh, was fishing Despot. by a river. When, when he, <laughs> it might have been Poe. We, we, we use inside yes, voices po. here in, in, in NPR. It might have been Poe. Anyway. <laughs> so the fisherman found uh, a blue stone by the river. And, oh, um, I was like, you're making yeah, I mean, the, the village he, What's this bullshit now? Oh, God, God fuck shit. Okay. NPR takes too long. It's really <laughs> long radio. <laughs> So uh, the, the the fisherman was told by this blue stone that he found by the river. Uh, I mean, we could do Radio New Zealand and just like stick a whole bunch of bird sounds <laughs> in like random places where they're really not required. <laughs> anyway, that, uh, two of our listeners will get. <laughs> so the fisherman finds a blue stone. Uh, blue stone tells him that he could make his village mighty, but all he has to do is build a watchtower. The only condition is that the stone be used as a cornerstone for that watchtower. The The fisherman was intrigued by the idea and uh, convinced his fellow villagers to build this tower. But so is the greed of man that he took the blue stone for his own and did not provide it for the construction of the tower. 
And so they built the tower, and, um, and the bluestone became so enraged that it swelled the waters of the river and knocked down the tower. Um, again, the, the fishermen convinced the villagers to build it up again, but again, the greed took hold, and he didn't give over that bluestone. And, and once again, the, the bluestone was angry and knocked down the tower, and he did this once again. But this time, the bluestone became so enraged that it broke apart, and out of it came the fully formed uh, vestige of Iptar. Strangely, after destroying so many watchtowers, she's since become a protector, a guardian of, uh, of cities and villages. But as long as people pay that what, uh, what once was the tiny blue stone, the respect it deserves. Iptar, the goddess of cities and empires. Uh, thank you, Sam. Uh, so thank you so much again for joining us uh, for another episode of For Crits and Giggles. Uh, we will see you next week. Uh, and until then, may all your hits be crits. Be crits. Ooh. What you got in your badge on my desk? <laughs> um. You're a loose fucking cannon. Watch off this case. You're a loose cannon, man. You're a loose cannon. Um. For those of you listening, I was uh, shoving my finger into uh, the to know that, my Karen. other fingers <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> Just in case anyone was curious about what that long silence was. I feel it was very important that I was clarify that um, I was making a sexual gesture. The Tygon wanted us to go talk to him because he thought Brendelins knew something about Tieflings? No, I can't do that. That's <laughs> I'm already struggling with what's going to happen when we go to Kinha and everyone's Asian. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Oh, to be honest, doesn't sound very Asian. <laughs> um, what was your question? I'm just having fun imagining this really fancy, opulent, elegant French restaurant, <laughs> and in the middle of it is a purple dude with no shirt on and tight leather pants. Congratulations for his, uh, I would say, unique choice of clothing this evening. It's a giant club. The club is, uh, I would say, perfect uh, accompaniment, accoutrement to the outfit. <laughs> By the way, he's and another the that keeps like phasing back into like a half dwarf sort of thing and, and <laughs> glitching out. <laughs> Fergus, Bongo. it's you. We, we found, found you already. <laughs> 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 Why are you uh, pretending to be Mark? <laughs> <laughs> Fergus runs away. <laughs> You'll never catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, come up with a new. Sorry, I sorry. Know. I was, no, I was, I was aiming. It's Marcus. I was Marcus aiming for a different accent. <laughs> I was aiming for a different accent, <laughs> but just slammed straight into an, into, a, into the same one. <laughs> but oh we're, we're there already. Let's 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 go. <laughs> let's go with it. Uh, we were actually hoping to talk to the proprietor. We haven't organised any. Oh, wait, was that what you were going to say? That we actually did have an appointment? 
that you missed out saying to us last time? No. No? Okay, never mind. <laughs> We're nice actually trying to talk to the proprietor. <laughs> good shot at some Deus Ex, though. Um, maybe we do? Benjamin's <laughs> 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 here. Let me see. Uh, yeah, that's Only two tries. And for you keen listeners out there who are like, who the shit was Frindolin the Ginger? Our lovely DM forgot to tell us there's a very important little ranger down in the city. So we're going to go see him. <laughs> I did tell you that last week. I did. did. Targan's like, go talk to Frindolin the Ginger. Oh, no, you went there. What? Yeah, oh. no, Poe had left the room at the time. Oh, that's right. I don't believe any of you actually informed him as to what happened. While he was gone, he just kind of like re-entered the room, and then completely forgot about it. And you were all just like, "Oh, didn't you tell me after last week's session that it was something that you were meant to tell me that you did not tell me?" Uh, Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was just a thing that was like, "Oh, go there at night," but it wasn't really that important. Okay, so it wasn't about Frindle the Ginger. No, 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 no. I mean, like you you still only have like the the vaguest idea of who he is, but you know he exists. Okay, well, just uh, cut that entire bit, bit out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 fine. I mean, like we 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 like to give Joshua lots of work to do. Yeah. You know, Oosh. hi Joshua. He enjoys listening to our dulcet tones. 